ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, your one-stop shop for movie-talking stuff. I don't know where I was going with this, boo. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today, Dean? Eh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You know, my hand kind of hurts, uh, but other than that, we're good. We're good. All right. Yeah, I heard it, you know, slaying vampires. Yeah. You? Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I do know that loud noises scare you, so really? You're out there slaying vampires? Hey, loud noises don't scare me. They're just not my favorite thing. <laughs> okay, Mina. Wow, wow, so cruel. You wouldn't be a Van Helsing, come on. Oh, but Van Helsing's got, like, the sick duds and everything. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I think we've, we've probably, you know, ran with the shtick. So what are we watching today? Today, we are watching Dracula. Dracula, the 1931 version, right? Correct. All right, not not the OOG, but but the OG version. No, no, this is the OG version. I believe Nosferatu is the OOG version. But his name's not Dracula. His name's Nosferatu. No, his name. If, his, if we're talking about his vampires, name is Count Orlark in Nosferatu. And is that Count Dracula? I mean, they it was only Count Orlock because they would have gotten sued if he called him Dracula. There you go. I guess, I guess. So yes, we are watching the OG Dracula 1931 edition, celebrating its 90th anniversary this year. That's that's impressive. Yeah, came out on Valentine's Day 90 years ago because Universal knew what was up. Uh, on that note, happy Valentine's Day. Well, it was a few days ago, but happy Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, 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 still say happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, Dracula. So this movie came out right around the dawn of sound, right? Yeah, this was the first Universal Monsters film in sound. A talkie. A talkie. And what a talkie we got. We got the voice of Bela Lugosi in this one. We did. That Hungarian hunk. The Hungarian hunk? Please tell me that wasn't a real thing. No, I just came up with it on the spot. Oh, you came up with that one? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So yeah, Dracula. God, where do you want to start with this one? Because this movie is... I don't know if we even need to summarize what this movie is about, since it's, one, it's so old, and two, it's been copied, repeated, remade so many times. It has, but there could be someone out there that's never seen Dracula. In any version, any form. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, you know, people are born every day so i guess there is somebody who hasn't seen well, any dracula stuff i would hope that there's people born every day otherwise it'd get kind of lonely out here well you know so yeah so dracula dracula my pick this week because yes. you know why not vampires valentine's day it just goes together you you also have like a vampire thing better than your rat people thing that you got Hey, they're called Skaven. It's Warhammer 40 or it's Warhammer Fantasy, now Age of Sigmar. Don't make this weird. Okay, Renfield. Quiet, you. So, Dracula. It begins in just every superstitious village in Europe. Transylvania to be specific. Transylvania yes. to be specific, but it's but that's like the it's going to be really weird to talk about this movie because we're going to talk about things that sound incredibly cliche, but they're cliche because this movie originated it. You know, the the superstitious, 
you know, village people, they're just like, oh, there's this evil castle on the hill, but they never speak of it. It's all hushed tones. I mean, wouldn't you be superstitious if, you know, Dracula Dracula was living in, you know, his castle above your village? You know, every night you'd have to, you know, go to sleep with Wolfsbane by you. You'd have to have, you know, so many crucifixes in your house. You'd be a little superstitious. I think it's weird that the people in the town know, know factually, completely, 100% factually, that there's a vampire that lives on the mountainside that, that, like takes people and eats them and they haven't moved i mean you know actually wait a minute do you do you think dracula goes into town like like at night just like when he's lonely says hi to people hangs out in the pub i mean he could that i mean because he he was the carriage driver at the beginning right you got to pick up pick up a meal somewhere (laughs) yeah yeah good stop by the pub for a drink because he doesn't drink wine. You're really enjoying this, these, aren't you? That's easy. Yeah, And yeah. it's my pick, so, yeah. I, I know, I know. So, yeah, so... It starts out in Transylvania. Our boy Renfield, correct? Renfield, yeah. He has come to... King of the Rats. King of the Rats, yes. He has come to broker a deal for Count Dracula mm-hmm. to, I guess, move to England. Yeah, it, I'm trying to think of the name of the house. I don't think the name of the house is that important. But yeah, he's moving to London, or he's picking up another property in London. Where does this Dracula's money come from? So this is this is how this is gonna Investments, go. Investments. This is how this is money. gonna go. Yes, blood money. Again, so cute. Look, I try. This is how this is gonna go. We're gonna describe like a scene from Dracula, and then we're going to just come up with. Wait a goddamn minute, this don't make a lick sense. And then we're gonna be like, what? And then we're gonna move on. Doesn't have to make sense, it's a timeless classic. It is timeless. It is, well, it is a classic, I'll give you that. But there is things about the film that do feel... I guess dated isn't the right word because this movie is, in well, fact, 90 years old. Yeah. But there's some things about it where you can tell certain movie things don't like just aren't there yet like the one big thing is this is an early talking picture right this yeah. is 1931 sound camera on a film with the jazz singer and i think 27 mm-hmm. and there's no there's not like a score to the movie no we only have music in the opening title card which is from swan lake yes of course and but throughout the movie nothing which is so weird because it's it's one of those things where if you watch a movie nowadays oh yeah there, there's like music under this scene or there's something yeah, there we're, we're used to score or we're used to uh, you know songs off of the soundtrack playing throughout the movie with the dialogue but do you know why there wasn't any music in this movie i always assumed it was because they just didn't have the the proper technology to sync music and dialogue on the same like track but i, yeah, I guess they could have done it no it, it was actually because they thought that People were just, you know, still kind of adjusting to talkies themselves. Mm-hmm. That people wouldn't be able to put together, you know, dialogue and music at the same time. They thought people wouldn't be able to acclimate to the two together. So they thought, let's, you know, get rid of one so we could just focus on the, the dialogue other. of the film. But, you know, now it's such a thing, you know, in movies where we have to have music. Yeah. 
And it's one of those things where you don't notice it till it's gone. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it also makes the movie, I don't want to say difficult to watch because the movie I think is, is still using cinematic language and filmmaking techniques that are still relatively common enough today that it's not like an alien watch. It's not like a silent film Yeah. Um, or anything like that. But I think it, it works in its, you know, ability in this film. You know, oh, no, I having... think it works a lot. I think it works very well. I think it's very unnerving. Yeah. How, how silent it is. It keeps you on edge. Uh, in Dracula's castle, we have a lot of weird creatures like armadillos, uh, bugs. So it, it, it... Are armadillos native to Transylvania? <laughs> They're native to Texas, which is close to us in California. So I guess it has to be, you know relative to transylvania yeah there's also so the bug you mentioned there are bugs in the movie and there's a specific one that is only in southern california yeah and i'm looking at this and i'm like i know that bug that's like a one of those wait a minute and then i i came to realize oh yes dean they did not shoot on location in 1931 in Transylvania. No, they, they did not, you know, build a castle or go to, you know, Vlad's, you know, abandoned castle. Again. We were just in Studio City and thought, hey, these bugs are close to our studio. Let's bring some in. Look, this. well, the reason I bring that up is because if this has been so long since I've actually watched Dracula. I mean, granted, well, the last time we saw long. it, we, yeah. last time we saw it, it was, um, was it last Valentine's Day? I no, I don't think it was Valentine's Day because that was Creature of the Black Lagoon. And that was when the dark yeah. times came. Yeah, this was, you know, pre-COVID that we went to go see this at the Natural History Museum in L.A. So almost two years ago, yeah, we went to go see this. And it had been a while for me, too, that I'd seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'd forgotten how long the movie was. Oh, yeah. I, wait, the movie's only like, what, 90 minutes? Or is it, yeah, a, does it actually hit two hours? It, it's an hour 30. It's an hour so. 30, yeah. Um, So... Back to the thing I was saying. So, that was the last time we watched it together. But before that, I don't think I had seen Dracula since I was, like, eight, nine. Like, I was real young. Because yeah. I don't know where I got... I think my aunt my aunt got me this, like, monster movie, like, collection thing. It had, like, mm-hmm. Invisible Man and all those movies. And yeah. it had Frankenstein and all those movies. And it had Dracula and all those movies. And I marathoned all of them because I like monsters. And uh, Drac- I, I will admit, when I was a kid, Dracula was, like, my least favorite of mm-hmm. the set. Um, but then watching it with you at L.A. was, was much nicer. But Well, I mean, it was also a really cool event. It was a that. very cool event because they had a whole, like, bad exhibition. And they had this all this, like, really cool movie stuff for, like, Universal Monsters. Yeah, they had just opened their... I'm trying to think, what was the name of the exhibit? It, it's still live, even though the museum's not currently open at the moment. Yeah. But it's like a tribute to Universal Monsters. So some of the bats that are in the movie, they had one of the bats on display, which was really cool to see in person, especially how big the bat was. Oh, yeah. You would think, you know, oh, it's, you know, it looks big on the screen, but no, this bat was huge. But what kind of made it funny when we saw it was it looked like a bat with a toupee on yeah, because, so, this is the thing about this movie and why I'm saying it ages well in terms of, like, oh, the cinematic language works. You can definitely watch this now and still, like, enjoy it as a horror film. Yeah. But there are some things about this movie that you're like, oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, That is, that bat looks real cool with the, like, tongues of shoes, of, like, leather shoes. 
taped to somebody's toupee and they're just like throwing it across the screen and they're like it's a bat it's a plane it's superman that's that's like the level of effects we're getting here it was also 1931 it's, yeah so, it's 1931 so, you know these are pioneers in filmmaking oh and, yeah no, I'm, you know, I'm not i'm again boo i want to make it clear i'm not saying oh my god this is a horrible decision no, i'm saying that for modern viewers yeah. you might you might get a laugh out of some of the things you're going to see. Yeah, of course. Which is just, just a thing about things in this, like, almost pre-Golden Age Hollywood. Yeah. Because <sighs> we were at least, what, maybe 20 years away from the Golden Age? No, well, Golden Age, I guess you can say, started with Gone with the Wind, which was 39. Gone, because that, cause 39, okay. you get Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, um, okay. Mrs. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, look, that's the weird thing about ages. The of, golden age. Yeah, that's the weird thing about it, because like golden age Hollywood is a weird term thing because it's oh, it's when the code of Hollywood was very laxed, mm -hmm. but was still a thing, or it was really straight. Just a lot of like really artistic stuff and like the foregrounds of Hollywood. Well, yeah, we're gonna get into all that cool, cool shit later when i get you know a bump of coke and start talking about new hollywood it's gonna be great but yeah um so let's talk about some of the stars in this movie or oh. the characters you know yeah. who they play what are they doing we've got on? you know count dracula bella lugosi uh your boy bella good guy good guy so i heard this rumor about him in this movie and I've always thought that's a really cool thing, but it's probably bullshit. And I wonder if you can shed some light on this. Because you're, okay. the, you're the expert on, you know, Dracula. I mean, I'm not, but, you know. Well, you well, watch a lot of horror movies. I do. So, is it true that when Bela Lugosi originally got the role of Dracula on the stage, because he, like, was a Hungarian immigrant, he didn't know English, so he learned it phonetically? That's what I've heard from my research. That That's a real thing? Yeah. That's badass. Hey, I mean, yeah. the man did what he had to do to learn it, and it seemed like even when he got the film, he was still learning English as he was going. So I don't, I don't know if he was still learning English at that point, but I do, I because apparently he played Dracula on the stage for a, for a long time before he got to the mm -hmm. to the film. So he probably had a better grasp of it. But you, I'll, okay, I'll I'll just say this: his his Hungarian accent is very thick oh yeah very thick there's no you know trying to hide it or mask it he's hungarian and there's no way of stripping that from him that's yeah it's true and you know speaking of you know hungary and hungarian people the beginning of the movie when renfield arrives in the village mm -hmm. uh when we we pan into that house and we see you know the woman cooking and the baby in the cradle she, uh, the woman when she's speaking she's actually saying a hungarian prayer really yeah so I always thought, you know, since they're in, um, you know, in Transylvania, you know, Romania, I thought, you know, maybe that's what they were speaking. Mm -hmm. And I saw in my thing, you know, no, they're actually speaking Hungarian. So I thought maybe that might be a little bit of a nod to Bela Lugosi, kind of like, you know, here, have a little piece of home. Yeah, nah, that's probably like, hey, you know, my boy, uh, Bella. We need these people to speak some weird European things, and all these people we got as extras—they're from like Torrance. They don't—they don't speak any any weird languages, 
You got course. something? Honey, let's be honest. Silver here. Lake. They could be from Silver Lake. Los you know. Feliz. Maybe. You never know. You never know. You never know. And then we also have Mina, played by Helen Chandler. John Harker, David Manners. Renfield. Fry. Okay, I... So, like, apparently the guy who played Renfield made more money than Bella Lugosi for Dracula. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bella had to take, like, a massive pay cut just to get the, the role of Dracula. Yeah, which is weird because I think after this, he got, like, real famous. Well, I mean, it's, he, it's kinda, he was it's the kinda, original typecast. Yeah, he was the, he was probably, actually, yeah. Because I don't think he was attached to a studio when Dracula was made, which is how the, the system used to work. Yeah. You were... You got signed to a studio and you just did whatever the studio told you to be in. Yeah, because even when they wanted um, Lon Chaney Sr. to be Dracula, mm-hmm. he wasn't um, with uh, Universal. He was with, uh, I think, Warner Brothers at the time? Probably with Warner so Brothers. So he would have been loaned out, but that's who they really wanted to be Dracula. And he didn't because he was suffering. I think he had throat cancer. I It's cancer, but... That's it. No, it was throat cancer because they... Um... Because that's the crazy thing about Lon Chaney Sr. Is he was the master of, like, the silent film horror films. Yes. And uh, when sound came along, he died of throat cancer. So I don't think there's a single, like, audio recording of Lon Chaney Mm-mm. Sr. that exists. So he is always the, the master of the silent film. Yeah. So, and the, the illusion is never broken. Yeah. And if we're hearing his voice. Granted, I could be full of shit. Um, I mean, but, most you know, most of the time you are, but this time you're actually correct. Yeah. So I'll back you up this time. Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, so we have all that, and um, I know we started talking about the story at the beginning here, but let's, I guess let's give it a quick rundown, what what's going on. Just real quick, so also, we can kind of get into that. Also, before we do that, Lon Chaney died August 26, 1930, so he died a year before Dracula was released, so this must have really kind of like threw a wrench into their their plans because they wanted Lon Chaney. Probably. So now it's just, you know, well, he's passed on. We don't want Lugosi. You know, we're not really finding somebody that we do want. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Yeah. And Lugosi was just like, look, you know, I'll take a massive pay cut. You know, I'll clean the building if I have to clean the building. He's like, I really like the character and I'm really good. I mean, he, he was the character. He played, you know, Dracula on stage for how many years? It's like, who else would you want to come in that does this, you know, on a weekly basis? It's, this is a good question. Because when did the the book come out? Do you know that off the top uh, of your head? Off the top of my head, I don't. I think it came out in the late 1800s. Because I'm, I'm curious if Bram Stoker was alive to see, like, the adaptation. I don't think he was alive. I read somewhere that once they hired Lugosi... Uh, they wanted to kind of focus more on Bram Stoker's version of Dracula instead of the stage version. Mm. So I guess Lugosi was a big part in getting some of the rights from uh, Bram Stoker's wife. Mm. So I guess they like scheduled a meeting and he was there and helped seal the deal with her. So he helped seal the deal for the rights from Bram Stoker's wife and from the director produ- or writer from the play. Okay. So they were able to kind of fuse both stories together to create what we have in, you know, 1931's Dracula. Okay, that's interesting. So again, we got we got to get through it. We got to just shotgun through the through the story like okay. what's going on because we'll we'll just do the elevator pitch. 
Miss Boop, just go through. What is some, like, the quick bullet points of what happens in the movie? Okay. So we have Renfield going up to Dracula's castle mm-hmm. to meet Count Dracula, you know, so they could sign paperwork. Yeah. Um, we have Dracula telling Mr. Renfield that, hey, we're actually going to come back to London. I will go back with you by ship. Uh, we have a scary boat scene. The spookiest of boat scenes. Which was actually taken from another Universal movie. Yes, all the exteriors were from like a 22 silent film, I yeah. think. I know. I, rem- I looked up the name and I completely forgot it. But I'm yeah. the same too. I-, I didn't write it down. I just thought it was a cool fact that they used that from another film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to London where Dracula meets Miss Mina. Jonathan Harker. I believe I believe Renfield is in the asylum at that point, right? Yeah, he's already taken into the asylum that's owned by Mina's father. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of see that Count Dracula is just kind of you know beguiled by Mina when he sees her for the first time, and it's just kind of you know it a, a... was it love at first sight or love at first bite? Eh eh eh, blah blah blah. Oh boy, and you were talking about me this episode. Eh, you know. So. We have him fixated on Mina, and we have, you know, Renfield, who is just turned into Lord of the Flies, going nuts in the asylum. Mm-hmm. And it's turned into obsession over Mina, into Mina's transition because she's been bitten during the night. Mm-hmm. And now it is turned into how are we going to save Mina's soul from Dracula's clutches? And then we get our, our boy styling dr van helsing coming in to save the day as he always does as he always does so that's what's going on in the in the movie now i got a i got a question okay you know that's the that's the plot you know we got mm-hmm. the story you know vampire now i want you to put on your your art house cap for a second all right it's been a while since i've worn it but okay it's on all right what's the what's the movie about though so, like, what's the themes, like, what's going on below the surface kind of thing? Like, what's it about, man? Well, bloodlust, obviously. Real estate. You know, grown-up problems. But of course. But because, of course. yeah, you know, he's, I mean, who knows how old he is. He's got to be, like, a thousand years old. You know, so, yeah, you know, we're not quite there yet, you know, with the bloodlust, you know, looking for a house yet. So, we've got, you know, little kid problems. Well, yeah, I get that, but I'm... Here's the thing. This is prevalent in, like, a lot of vampire lore, mythology, films, just... If you're going... If you're doing vampire stuff, a, a big thing is seduction. Yeah. You know, being tempted over to the dark side, all that other stuff. And I'm wondering if that's at play here. It kind of is. It's not, you know, as much at play as it is in movies now, where mm-hmm. seduction is a main part of the movie. Yeah, this is granted. This is also 1931. Yeah, where... You can't really do that. No. You couldn't really do that stuff. You, you really couldn't do anything in movies back then. But there is some level of seduction, but it's more obsession because he is obsessed with Mina. He's, you know, going to her house many nights. But this is after he's changed her so then we kind of get the seduction you know where uh her boyfriend's telling her you know you really should go to bed her father's telling her and as soon as he tells her i really think you should get some rest then she goes you know what i think i need to get some rest so it's kind of is it is it a thing of where it's almost like it's compulsion seduction 
but it's not seduction the way that we know it in film well now. well yeah well it's not a thing where he's like yo i want to boink you it's no. it's kind of a thing where it's like he's seducing her so he can like control her yeah kind of thing and i'm like that and it's an interesting thing that's going on in the movie and to add her to his other collection of wives that he has in transylvania huh i wonder if that's like the the thing here where you know some some people like collect people yeah kind of thing dracula what dracula is doing he's just collecting people like some people collect um collect ex like ex boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff like that i mean do they i mean look there's a black book for a reason i i guess i mean uh, there you go i i collect star wars stuff so <laughs> i i wouldn't know yeah yeah okay so yeah that's a little bit of the story you know it's on the surface what we like cursory like you know art house analysis on you could take your cap off now if you would like. Whew, glad that's off. There you go. So now let's get into some other stuff. So this movie, good, bad. I would say good. Yeah. Right. I think we're we're pretty yeah, even it's on a good that. Movie. Now, why is it good? Is it the story? Is it the characters? Is it the design of the film? Like what? Yes. What's good about it? Yes. 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 Everything. Yes. The, even the effects. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You had to pause there for a second. Because I'm so spoiled by the effects that we have now. But, yes. It, it's it's one of those things where modern eyes... If, okay, we'll say for the, for the sake of argument, you have never seen any film pre, like, 1970. Okay. So, you black and white films, not your bag. You're, you're the average, everyday, movie-going audience. Okay? okay. Well, how about this? You're 17... Would would you watch this and enjoy it? I mean, I knew me at 17, so you, yes. Yes, you knew you at 17. <laughs> so the random 17-year-old moviegoer, would you would you think they would like this I think on the surface? Would. Okay. I think they would. I mean, you know, some of the effects are cheesy. Uh, you know, it's kind of quiet in random places. But, yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. Because even though it's an hour, 30-minute movie, it moves fast. It's not slow by any stretch of the imagination it's you know we meet dracula and from there on we just see how like you said he's collecting people he collects renfield and kind of turns him into his lackey and then we see how you know he's you know bewitched by mina and he's he has to have her and then we lose lucy somewhere mina's friend well she I, got did she get turned into a vampire i think somewhere van van helsing says that She's been, you know, turned into a vampire and he's going to try to kill her in a way that her soul will be free. So Let, let's, be, the heart. let's be honest that uh, that actress was like, hey, I got another thing to go to deuces. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this movie. And they just had to write her out. Probably. Yeah. Because <sighs> she was the one that seemed more um, seduced by Count Dracula because they meet in the theater at Royal, Royal Albert Hall, to be exact. And uh, had to throw that out there. Had to throw I, the flex. I did. And when they get back to Mina's house, she's you know looking in the mirror and she's combing her hair and she's you know speaking with Bella Lugosi's accent. And Mina kind of makes fun of her and you know, okay, Countess, it's fine, whatever. He's just some guy. So she seemed to be more seduced by Dracula she, than Mina did. She's like infatuated with yeah. him. It, it's weird. It's kind of like um. That okay, I'm gonna sound super condescending. It's kind of like that 
cool girl obsession with like the, the like the cute guy. Okay, so the it cute is cute guy ev- with an accent. It is every teenage high school that high school movie. That is what Dracula is. Dracula is the cool like jock that wants to get with you know hot Mina, who's like, no, I'm with this other guy. Uh, and her friend wants to boink Dracula, but he's not interested. But he gets with her anyway to make Mina jealous. No, it's more like Dracula is the cute foreign ex- exchange student. You know, because who can resist an accent? Okay, I, I need to know. Is that a thing with women? Did all women like accents? Because They're I, nice. Alright, because I've thrown this on a few times and it's gotten me responses. With who? Yeah, mostly you. Right, right. So, yes. Well, so you're, you're on the camp that basically everything about the movie is, is great, perfect. You wouldn't change a thing. Sure. 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 Now... I'm going to ask you something. Okay. All right. Can you give me at least three things you liked and at least three things you didn't like about the movie? You know, you don't have to, you don't have to say, oh, I didn't like this because I need to come. But like something you genuinely thought, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of not okay. That's a little weird. Okay. Three things I liked. I mean. I Bella mean, Lugosi's performance. I could completely agree with you on that. Bella Lugosi's performance is fine. That'd be one of my favorite yeah. things. The, I really enjoyed the sets. Yeah, yeah. Because the design of this movie is fantastic. Yeah, set design is great. Uh, storyline. I really like the storyline of, you know, we meet this mysterious count who is just, you know, randomly appeared like, you know, missed. Mm-hmm. He's just here and, you know, he just starts problems. And, you know, suddenly, like, the mist appeared, he's gone. Okay. I, I like that. Because it also gives uh, credence to, like, that old style of gothic storytelling mm-hmm. that came through a lot of, like, that's literally what Dracula is, the gothic story. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I I would agree with you, you know, Dracula, like, I'm, I'm going to call him Dracula. He's, you know, Bela Lugosi, but that's how that's unique how he is to yeah. this. Yeah, like, I th- I would agree with you. That's one of the things I loved about this movie is his performance. It's fantastic. It is iconic. Yeah. When you think of Dracula, you're you think thinking of, of Bela Lugosi. Lugosi. And the design, I was a huge fan of the design as well. Honestly, Dracula's Castle. I'll just say Dracula's Castle is one of the coolest sets ever. Considering I've... that it's not actually a castle on the outside. It's just a painting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a map painting that they put on a sheet of glass and mm-hmm. like um like use trick photography to make it look there. Yeah. yeah. And the inside of the I think J- Dracula's castle has so much atmosphere. Yeah. And that's the other thing I loved about this movie is the atmosphere. This movie mm-hmm. weighs something. Like yeah. it ju- like it just exudes this like dark foreboding atmosphere the entire thing. The lack of music plays into it, the darkness, how Dracula moves, how people move in this movie is so weird to like point out but Mm -hmm. they move like ghosts on a screen and it's creepy as hell and i I don't know why oh yeah it's great but with all great things there's some things you know maybe you didn't dig so much yeah uh let's see it's gonna be hard to think of three things that i disliked from this movie like they could be something small like honestly Uh... i think um renfield in the beginning when he's talking to the village people, I don't know why, but that actor's voice is just well, I mean, so he's, weird. He's being a little extra, too. Yeah, like... You know, like, pip-pip, you know... Uh, Pip-pip-cheerio, yeah, hello there. I'm on my way, and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm on my way. He was a little extra. Yeah. I, I will give you that. Um, 
some of the use of the bats was a little too much. <laughs> yes, uh, the effects in this movie may have looked. Because, I mean, you could see the, the strings on the screen for some of the shots, so... They had real armadillos, and they couldn't get, like, a real trained bat. <laughs> Grant, yeah. I don't know if you could train no, I, a bat, but... I don't but... think you can train a bat. Ah, uh, actually... I might have to get back to you. I, I, you might be able to train bats. But whatever. It's 1931. They probably didn't have that tonight. Yeah. They didn't have the technology yet. I'll give you that. Um, I would have enjoyed some music throughout the movie. I mean, we do at Royal Albert Hall. We do get some music because they're at a play. Yeah, but that's like diegetic music. You yeah. want like score. Yeah, I want score. I, th- I think, you know, having a authentic Dracula score would have been really cool to have with this film. But at the same time... Having no music playing adds to the suspense of the movie. Mm. So it, it's kind of a coin flip on that one, you know. I think... So I know I said this... I liked like the atmosphere and the lack yeah. of music added to it. But I would agree with you that there are certain points where... Because the immediate comparison I come to when I see this is Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Which some people have argued is the greatest German film ever made. One of those people arguing this is Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. So he, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And there's some things in Dracula where you just want, it has like that silent movie feel to yeah. it. And I'm like, Oh man, if there's just like a little like music thing underneath it, like they had in the silent films, you know, a little mm-hmm. music score underneath that it would just bring something to it. Mm-hmm. But the lack of it, it's it's weird, like the lack of it brings something. So it's it's one of those like things where there's some points where oh man, it'd be so good if there was just some music here, but then the fact that there's not gives you a different response to it, mm-hmm. and it kind of forces you as an audience member to find the emotion in the scene, which is a good thing. But then, like, <sighs> okay, look, I'm just gonna say, I think the carriage scene should have had music, okay? Because the carriage scene needed i think should have music to it i don't know why i don't think it needed music when bell lugosi is like riding there it's the dark stormy night you know renfield's looking out the carriage like what's going on like it's the bat in the front of the thing yeah i i really don't think you needed music for that because you're you know sitting in renfield's position where you're out in the middle of nowhere where people just told you do not go to this castle i i understand and you know all you can really hear beneath you is you know the 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 rocks and the the horse's hooves and you know that's it there's nothing else that you're hearing you don't know where you're going i understand like the silence in the scene and the like you only hear the diegetic sound builds into that isolation and all that and all the suspense but god damn it i just wanted spooky scary skeletons music somewhere damn it somewhere uh Maybe when they open the hatch on the ship and they find Renfield at the bottom of the stairs. That would have been nice with a music sting. Also, but doesn't it's really weird because that's so just... creepy. Okay, I'll I'll go back to that. I know I just liked Renfield's performance in the beginning of the movie. You know when he's there yeah. and he's like normal, but goddamn that guy can play crazy. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's such a good. It's such a good performance when he's allowed to just be a crazy person and ham it up. And he was so afraid of being typecast as like the crazy guy, but he does it so well. Oh yeah. Did he, did he go on to do any more crazy guy roles? I think he was in, I think he was in a Frankenstein movie. You, you don't say. (laughs) I do say. A a 
uh, Dracula actor was in a Frankenstein movie. I do say. Interesting, interesting. But apart from that, I can't think of anything else that he was in. Okay. Well, I mean, granted, the, the movie came out 31 years ago. And his... no, not 31 years or, sorry, ago. Sorry, <laughs> 90 years ago. So that gentleman's career probably was over by the time either of us were, were born. Or oh, yeah. our parents were born. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there we go. But, so there's some things that are... There's some things we don't like, some things we do like, a lot more things that we do like in this movie than dislike. We'll say that. I mean, if you want to, if you really want me to be nitpicky about like a third thing that I don't like. Sure, sure. If you uh, wanted to be nitpicky, because let's be honest, there's the one, there's one thing that's going to bite at you when you leave, you know, recording today that you're like, yeah, no, fuck that scene. Like, fuck that thing. It wasn't even a scene. It's the opening title card when Swan Lake's playing through and we're seeing, you know, mm -hmm. the, the characters in the movie. There's a sequence where the song skips, where the, the recording, like, something with the record, like, it must have, the needle must have jumped. And, and they didn't They did, They didn't correct it. And it just, it drives me crazy every time I listen to it. <laughs> but it's like, I love the song regardless, so it's kind of like, I have to, like, you know, just, it's okay, it's fine. But in the back of my head, it's just like, oh, like, please, you know, just go back and put, like, a remastered version of the soundtrack where, it, you know, it just goes in smoothly. Ow. That'd be interesting if they did a remaster of Dracula. Because, well, cause the, the version a... that we have, that we, we've seen, that's remastered. Oh, I understand so... it's remastered, but I mean like an audio, because that's a picture remaster. Yeah. I wonder if they could do an audio remaster, because they do have that silent um, mag track. So, there's a Nick Piggy thing I got. Mm -hmm. So, you know the sound of like, like, blank audio track, right? Where it's mm -hmm. that pssss. Yeah. That's the whole movie. It's the pssss. Mm-hmm. And it, okay. I did like I did sound recording for like a lot of films, and that sound that that drives me insane. And it's probably just me. I mean, I've even done sound recording for you when you've done filming before. Yeah, and it's that sound of blank mad track when I'm like editing something. You just hear the, mm -hmm. and it's like it just drives me crazy. Yeah. And that is ninety percent of the movie. Don't get me wrong. I can look past it because the visuals are striking. The design is great. The performances draw you in. Yeah, this the is silent... just us being nitpicky. Yeah, that there you go. There's nitpick moment achieved. Yes. All right. Because overall, this is an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. It was the Kickstarter to the horror genre. Well, it was the Kickstarter to the horror the horror films that we know today. Because yeah. this inspired so many movies. And it also proved that you could take old gothic horror stories, turn them into very successful films. Yeah, because I mean, by the time that Frankenstein came out and they started with other horror movies, there was a thing where they would play both the movies back to back all night in theaters and people mm -hmm. would just be lined up for blocks just to sit there and watch the two movies over and over again. So, you know, horror movies do bring in money. Oh, they always have and they always will. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, I don't like horror films, it's like, no. No horror, no. horror movies make bank, and they're a lot of fun. They're so much fun. This is this is an interesting point. So, is Night Dracula 1931 a fun horror film to watch? Or is it or is it more like a thing like you're watching a piece of, like an old piece of art, like a like a Monet or or like a Renaissance piece of art? I think it's both. Right. Well, okay. Let, let me finish my thought. Okay. So, you know how you like go to a museum, you're looking at fancy paintings and you're like, "Man, that's that's all the artistry here, you know, the craft, this 
The statue yeah. is amazing. Yes, yes, that painting so fancy. Yes. So fancy, yes, 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 yes darling. Ha ha. But like, where you're appreciating it because you know that it it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. But then it, but it's also the thing where it doesn't really do. It's not. It's not your like cup of tea. You're appreciating it, but you don't like. It doesn't connect with you. Like so, Dracula. Like I'll say this. I appreciate the film. I understand what it did for the genre. Like literally, my favorite genre of fiction is horror. Yeah, it's not a big surprise to anybody who knows me. No, and I dig the Dracula story. I own the book. I'm you know fan, but the movie is something I appreciate, like a piece of art. But I don't like I I don't engage with it like that. Again, this was this was like my least favorite watch when I was a kid for the monsters. Mm -hmm. No, I, I connect with it. You connect with it? Yeah, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula have always been my... Like, Your go-tos? Yeah, my go-tos. So uh, mine, mine was always um, the, the Invisible Man. Man and the Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I love all Universal Monsters down to Creature from the Black Lagoon and back. <sighs> Creature from the Black Lagoon is... A, is that's, a, that's a movie you need, to, you need to sit down with a couple of beers and watch, because that movie gets weird in some places. It's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. But, yeah, I've always been able to connect to Dracula. It's... A fun watch. It's beautiful to watch. And you do get some comedic parts. And, and it's not like, you know, standard comedy. It's it, com- comedic like when um, Van Helsing notices that Dracula has no reflection. Mm-hmm. And Mina goes up to her room and he's like, you know, Count Dracula, you know, I discovered something, you know, quite interesting. Can you come over here and check? And he's got the box in his hand with the mirror and on the inside. And he just opens it and he's like, oh, look at this, and Dracula, you know, knocks the box out of his hand and walks away all pissed off, and it's just like, it's not meant to be funny, Yeah, but I... it's just like, you know, I've got a surprise in the box, you're not there. <laughs> yes, I, that's, that, see, that's the thing, where it's like, it's meant to be this serious moment where it's like Van Helsing, you know, confronts Dracula about his, his strange occurrence, this supernatural thing, mm-hmm. and it's 1931, and these guys are like, bruh. You got some scenery? Yeah, I got some scenery. Dude, let me get the ketchup. I'm going to chew the hell out of this right now. It's going to be great. It, It's it's interesting because there's part of this movie that are actually really funny. Yeah. And I don't think they were meant to be funny. Mm-mm. But you still kind of dig it. Yeah, because even when we went to go see this at the Natural History Museum, people were laughing throughout the movie, certain parts of there, the movie. There was a few parts where people laughed. Also, I, I ain't going to lie. It was very cold at the Natural History Museum. Oh, yeah. We watched it, and I think one of us or both of us may or may not have fallen asleep for the last uh, last I, act of the I movie. I think that was you. Maybe? Are you sure? Because you 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 closed your eyes for a good mi- for a good minute there during during that the second. That was because act. I had worked before we went to the screening, so I was tired. Yeah, life happens. I was but tired. You don't have to We're... just throw me under the bus saying, "Oh, you fell asleep there." I'm like, "Boo! You you snored on my arm." All right. I did not. I'm just saying, you know, I know what I saw. Granted, you know I, I had like I had like two two beers at at Lacma when we were there watching Dracula, so I'm I, I was having a pretty good time. Okay, we were at Natural History it Museum. It was the Natural History not Museum, Lacma. not Lacma. I'm sorry, the Natural History Museum. They had an open bar. It was great, and no, they had a cash bar. Okay, yeah, no, they had a cash bar, but they had open snacks. Oh man, the snacks awesome. were so good. <laughs> I mean, like, just bowls of, like, the huge Chex Mix, uh, the Sour Belts. Also, they gave away free licorice, and I I may or may not be a diabetic now from all the licorice I ate there. 
I mean, another Ooh, cool thing they had was the the replica Dracula in his coffin. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was that was one of the interesting. Honestly, if they ever do that again, I would highly recommend anybody listening to to this to yeah. go and check it out. And um, it was really affordable too. I think for the both of us, it was twenty five dollars a piece. So oh yeah, it, no, it's very cheap. You're also helping, you know, the Natural History Museum. So also, big ups on that. Also, guys, it's it's a pretty good like. Hey, darling, look, I'm a I'm a cultured kind of guy, kind of date. Like you can. Hey, we're gonna go to this hit Mr. Mu- we're gonna go to this museum. There's a bar. There's some snacks. There's like a cool like exhibit, and you get to watch a movie. It's or, a pretty good date. Or ladies, if your guys drag their feet on buying things, just buy the tickets and tell them we're going. That may or may not have happened, but yeah. So there you go, everybody. That would be a great way to see this movie if yeah. they did it at the Ellen Museum. I, I really think they're gonna bring it back because they were gonna do. I think maybe two or three more of the Universal Monster movies, and then. And then COVID hit because we had tickets to go see Frankenstein, which is like my, my, one of my... Your, your, your actual favorite. Dracula's yes. like the runner-up. Frankenstein's yeah. your boy. Yeah. Frankenstein's right. my boy. So it, it would be interesting to see, you know, once things get a little bit better in the world, maybe they'll bring back this series. Yeah. They're, they probably will. But regardless of where you live, what country you're in, if, you know, someone does a screening for these movies, give it a watch. These work way better on a bigger screen. Oh, yeah. It's fun to watch them at home, but it's an experience when you see them on a big screen. Yeah. Boo, I I think we got a pretty good talk out of this. But I will give you your chance to do your favorite thing. Miss Boo's Trivia Night. What do you got? Did you know that this was completely shot in sequence? Really? Yeah. That sounds like it'd be super, like... That sounds like it'd be balls hard. Well, it was hard because, you know, yeah, you have to shoot in sequence of the story, but also because they were having budget cuts, they were forced to shoot in sequence. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And at the same time, to throw, you know, just another wrench into trying to keep everything in line and not go over the budget, they were also shooting the Spanish version of Dracula at night after shooting during the day. Yeah, you told me about that when we went to Philippe's the other day. Yeah. And... That just seems like such a pain in the ass to do. Like, I, like it makes sense why they would have a Spanish version, but it do, I don't understand why they didn't just dub over people's voices. Because I don't think dubbing was a thing at the time. I mean, it technically was, because that's what they're doing here. It, well... No, I, don't, I don't a, know the, it, the turn. I don't know the technology of 1931 sound recording because we had sound recordings pre 1927, and you like. But film is a whole other beast. Well, thing is, film is a whole other beast. But like old school ways, you would do it is you would record on a on a like a mag track, and then you would splice it into a film thing. You would place it onto the film, and it would run with. I'm about to go into a whole thing about a sound recording history of the mm-hmm. 1930s, and it's not relevant. But like you could have, you could have have dubbed it. I'll put it like that. You could have dubbed over the voices. But I, I wonder if it was a thing where it's like the studio or the guys who were making it were like, "Yo, like I got a lot of actors from Mexico that need work." Yeah, that might have been a thing. And I mean, and if it, they had dubbed the version that we have, we wouldn't have had uh, Lupita Tovar, who plays well. She plays Mina's character in the Spanish version, but she's played by she. Her character name is Eva. So we went, Eva, you say? Yes, my grandmother's name. Was your grandmother uh, Mina Harker? Was she a vampire? You can tell me. 
you know, some family secrets are kept, you know, supposed to be secrets. So oh. I can't go further into this. Good to know. Good to know. But yeah, so if they had dubbed it, we wouldn't have this other version of it, which is equally as iconic. Uh, Dracula in this version, in my opinion, he really didn't do anything for me. I, I've, I've heard that the Spanish version is closer to the book in some ways. I've heard it's a more faithful adaptation. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've only seen like clips of Lupita Tovar as mm-hmm. um, as Eva. And, you know, she does a really good job in character. She's supposed to be kind of like the sexier, more seductive version of Mina. We get kind of like the, you know, pearls and high-collared version of Mina in the American version. And the Latin version, we get, you know, more seduction, more sensual. Ah, uh. I could imagine that production meeting. It's like, guys, guys, look, we need to have a like a sensual like Mina. We'll go get the Latinas in on this one. We got this, boys. Let La- Latinas do it right. Hey. What can I say? Yes, yes. But back to facts, because you know we facts. love facts here. Yeah, we so we love you know Hollywood mis- history. Trivia night. Let's see. Did you know? For our American version of Mina, they originally wanted Betty Davis. Really? Mm-hmm. Betty Davis? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. But Carl Lemley didn't want her because of her sex appeal at the time. They thought it would cause too much of a, a ruckus, I guess, because, you know... Really? Mm-hmm. Betty Davis? Yeah. Huh. And I mean, granted, you know, Betty Davis didn't get the role, but she went on to have a really good career in One Hollywood. One of the top-notch yeah. careers of, of old Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Huh. Neat. So, yeah. Got any, got any other last bits you want to throw at me before we wrap this this let's, puppy up? Let's see. Let's see. Cause, you know, I have a ton of notes. You do. You do. So, Miss Boo, every episode, she writes like six pages of, of very detailed notes there's trivia in there there's historical stuff and i like dean just shows up hey I show, what's going on i i look at uh imdb like right before this i might do a wikipedia check that's you know sometimes i watch like a video essay or two when i'm once like something something I, I really need to study like the masterpiece that is starship troopers why do you hate that movie that movie is amazing i didn't hate it but you know I'd rather watch Dracula. <sighs> but I, I do have two more facts that you might like. All right, you got two more. Let, let, let's see if you know these facts. Okay, okay. Okay. So, have you ever noticed that Dracula never blinks in the movie? I did notice that. Did you? Yes. That was a thing. I think it was Anthony Hopkins mentioned that when he was going to portray Hannibal Lecter mm-hmm. in Silence of the Lambs. And he said he based his performance off of a snake, but after the movie came out, a lot of people compared him to, to Lugosi's yeah. Dracula. Yeah. yeah, and the whole not blinking thing is to kind of give like an undead, unworldly kind of being. Yeah, which works because you know Dracula's been undead, not the uh, yeah, not Dracula undead, but yeah. I, he's I hate been... that that's a thing. It's a thing, but you know, but yeah, he never blinks in the movie. Okay. And last fact is. You know, whenever we see Dracula and he's kind of trying to, you know, hypnotize people and the, oh my and, and we just get that, you know, his face fades out, but it's only his eyes that are illuminated. So. <laughs> so do you know how they achieve that? 
I don't know how they achieved it, but I will say of things Dean disliked in this movie, it's the fact that it looks like somebody's shining a flashlight in Bela Lugosi's eyes when well, he's trying it, to hypnotize people. Well, it's close. Is it close? It's actually two pencil spotlights that they're shining into his eyes. It looks so bad. <laughs> it's too late. You already said your three that you disliked. I know. I know. Oh, God. Okay. <sighs> but there you go. There's there's Miss Moose trivia stuff. Um, I have one fun thing. You know the the pendant that Dracula yeah. wears. I I knew you were gonna mention this. Oh you oh you know this one. I know this. You one, You know yes. this one. Yes. So the pendant that Dracula wears in the story it is never referenced. No. There's never been it's never been seen in any other lore before this or stories before this in the Dracula mythology, mm-hmm. um, which is just Bram Stoker's book, but whatever. Yeah. And people for the longest time had no idea where the hell it came from because yeah. it's now become incredibly iconic to the Dracula character. Yeah. Like when you buy a kid's costume at a store, it comes with the pendant, the, the cape, the, the pendant, the cape and the, the widow's peak for miles. Yeah. Where did that pendant come from? Miss Boo? Cause now you know it. Oh, I know it, but this is your fact. So you roll with it. So from what people say is that it is a, a, um, heirloom of the Lugosi family mm-hmm. that people or that Lugosi brought it in for the costume because he's like, this looks so plain with just, like, the white, you know, thing. So he just brought the pendant in. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. That is what it was. It's a family heirloom. Yeah. That has since been lost. Yeah. Yes? Am I right? I got it right? My memory is I mean, in total shit? I mean, that's what I've heard, too. Okay. Whether it's correct or not, you know, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same that goes with... Sorry, we're going to end it with another fun fact. Uh, with Lugosi's cape. How yeah. he was buried with his wearing his Dracula cape, but, but it actually it's... wasn't the cape from the film. It yeah. was a, another remake that they made for him. I I don't know if it was a remake. I think it just wasn't it because that's the thing that people don't realize a lot with like um screen costuming mm. is usually there's like three or four different costumes an actor has. Yeah, and Lugosi for this movie he might have had like four or five different capes there might there might have been like two or three there's the one that's like the on-screen one there's one where it's like oh this is the backup in case that one gets messed up here's another one in case the backup backup gets messed up and here's the one that's a stunt one there's the one that's a little longer this cape might not even have been made for him it could have just been you know something on universal's lot from another film it could have been from phantom of the opera that seems more that seems very likely if this if you're if this um, budget was that slow, mm-hmm. then it might have just been like sourced material. That might have been how the pendant came in. Yeah. Was hey, you know, we bring something to make the character a little bit more poppy. Yeah. So he probably went home. And was like, eh, I got this thing from you know, the old country. I'll bring it in. Yeah. So he is buried with a cape. It's just not the one from this film. I think the original cape might be in the Smithsonian. No, it it's um at the Academy of Motion Pictures Museum. Oh, I can't wait That's for that to open. Give it time. Give it time. Well, I mean, it was supposed to open up this past December, I think. Yes. That's where I wanted to go for my birthday. Fun fact, uh, because of current trends, we may or may not actually open up here in California relatively soon for more stuff. Uh, not likely, but I'm hoping. I heard it on the radio this morning, but whatever. I mean, Let's, let's no- just wrap this up. Knock on a wooden stake. You know, we get to open up soon, but... We'll see how it goes. So hopefully we get better because I really want to go to that museum. I just I just want to go outside again. It's lonely in, in, in this, you know, basement that we that we have to live in. I mean, I also miss Universal Studios too. Yeah, that too. That was nice. 
So, why don't we wrap this up, Boo? What do we got? Where can people find us? What's coming up next? Well, I think you're kind of jumping the gun here because you haven't dropped what we're going to listen or watch next next week i was i was asking you to ask me and you know you've asked uh, me i'm sorry tell i'm sorry okay so next week what are we going to be watching to end up out the month so this is valentine's day month right that's february yeah the it, month of love of love and to round out this month it is a romantic comedy film yeah it's comedic comedic that you made me watch I didn't make you watch it. I suggested Forced it. me to watch. That I found really enjoyable. I very much liked it. He cried at the end. I did not cry at the end, but I was very pissed at, at one of the main characters. Fucking asshole. So, what are we watching? We're watching 500 Days of Summer. Starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel, right? Yep. And um, set in L.A. Set in L.A. Uh, we have literally gone to most of the places in that movie not even on purpose all of them were by yeah. accident yeah we just happened to go there yeah because we just because we're from la so we just go those places yeah i think only one place we weren't able to access but we'll talk about it more in next week's episode well yeah so we're watching 500 days of summer boo's favorite romantic uh comedy film no. ever made if it only had vampires if only if joseph gordon level was a vampire this would be your favorite romantic comedy don't Maybe. lie to me Maybe. So, yeah. So, that's going to be watching next week. Now, Boo, tell them where they could find us if they wanted to find us, and then we can finally close out. All right. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you want to listen to us on a different platform other than what you're listening to us on right now, we are on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and just about any platform that plays podcasts. And Dean, do you want to plug your six, seven other podcasts that you're on right now? Why? Why? Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you asked. Go for it. So you can find me if you want to hear more of my rantings on the Double Feature Podcast, where me and my buddy David, we take two movies, pair them together, watch them, compare, contrast, and figure out, is this a good movie marathoning experience? I also do Too Obscure for TV, which is... Too obscure for TV. Too obscure for TV. We watch movies that are generally hard to find, weird, kind of out of the norm. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube movies that we watch. There's a lot of just really weird, like, 80s movies, turn like, early 2000s, like, indie films, things like that. Movies that you generally would have to go out of your way to find. And, uh, yeah, those ones you can find on In The Frame, the YouTube channel. And you can also find them on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the podcast sites that Miss Boo listed earlier. Yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it. We'll see you next week at the Film Club. Peace. Peace.